0: Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first future tech Meet Sustainable podcast. And today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Misha Dollar, who's the Chief Architect at Ericsson. He's working on cutting-edge topics of 6G, Metaverse, XR, quantum technologies and blockchain. He's a serial entrepreneur, composer, and a pianist he's a top one person cited innovator across all science fields globally he's the co-founder and former cto of the iot pioneering company world sensing co-founder and former cto of the ai driven satellite company serious insight ai and co-founder of the sustainability company moving beans so misha really appreciate you taking time and being part of a humble podcast you've got your hands everywhere so I'm super excited to you know have you on the podcast and talk to you about you know the the various frontier tech spaces which you are involved in it, it, the, the biggest uh, I, I think technology was you know the, the communication the social media and or leveraging it was you know 2g 3g 4g which we are in right now and then we are getting into 5g there are already people who are working on 6G. So so there is some crazy, crazy things happening in the space of technology, you know. So could you kind of explain uh, your background? What is 5G? And I think that the most important part is, is you know, when we talk about 5G, we cannot talk about the, uh, just the pros, you know, there's also the cons, you know, because, you know, there's lots of people saying, you know, the radiation and stuff like that. So maybe address all of that. Oh,
1: wow, this is going to be a long, long response, Eddie, you know, if I have to give my background the pros of 5G and the cons of 5G. You know what, let's let's focus maybe on 5G. I mean, look, you, you know, you, you use your smartphone, right? You use, uh, you know, popular apps. Let's go with Instagram as an example, you know, and um, it turns out that actually to make that all happen, you need um, a, a three things always, right? Always pay attention. You always need three things. You need, you need the app, the one you expect experience but you also need devices and you need networks okay with without any of these three nothing nothing will happen right you can't use your instagram if you don't have the device you can't really load it if you don't have the network it can't connect so therefore you know we always need to develop these three things together we have done the same thing in 4g and we will be doing the same thing in in 6g now, in, in the 5G era, is quite interesting because we have, uh, you know, kind of done a real revolution in in telecoms as we move from 4G to 5G. Now, in the 4G era, you know, we were building boxes and cables, and you know, we we were delivering bespoke solutions. So think of it like somebody building a bespoke car for you, right? And it's um, if if you want to change something because something broke, you need to go back to the factory and you need to, to ask for new new spare part and it takes a long time and it's very expensive in 5G we have softwareized the system so we are running essentially on uh, commodity hardware you know we are running on normal servers which you can easily buy and then you load the uh, the 5G software on it and the you know it had loads of advantages in doing this so first of all of course we were able to push data rates by a factor of 10 compared to what we had in in 4G, okay? We were able to shorten latencies by a factor of 10. And that's hugely important, I'll come to this in a moment. Uh, But we were also able to shorten essentially and and lower the the shorten time to market and lower the, the total cost of ownership because everything now is in software. So, you know, that's a huge advantage and going forward now in 6G will continue with that paradigm. And in fact, it's the same paradigm as the computing industry has gone through. You know, 50 years ago, um, IBM had, you know, these computers where everything was in one big box. And then over the decades, we invented, you know, the operating system and it has kind of uh, <clears throat> separated the software which runs on top from the hardware, which is below. So today you can use Microsoft Office on the Mac because the operating system takes care of this. So, In the telco era, we've gone exactly for the same thing, you know, so that's really, really remarkable. But I want to the one feature I want to really highlight in in 5G, apart from the high data rate, it's really the low latency and low latency is super important. You don't appreciate that because, in fact, we as human beings for millions of years have been geared Towards low latency engagement, and when we are together in a room, we see each other. You know, the light signal goes into my eyes, goes in uh, through the nerve into my uh, into my cortex here, and uh, I'm processing that signal. And as, as long as it comes within ten milliseconds, I have that feeling of immediacy. I have that feeling that you're with me. You know, we're building up emotions, which normally you wouldn't get. So the likes of Zoom, Teams, uh, you know, whatever, FaceTime, whatever you use, the latency is much much longer. And you don't have that feeling of immediacy. So therefore, in 5G, for the very first time, we're able to shorten that to a level that, hey, we can now use a digital media and get almost the same level of emotion as we have when we meet in person. And I demonstrated that in 2018, you know, we did the world's first 5G concert where I was in Berlin playing the, the piano under the Brandenburg Tour. And my older daughter, Noah, was in, uh, in, in, in uh, London in the Guild Hall. And we were connected over. We didn't make it 20, 10 milliseconds. We were at 20 milliseconds. But we, we were extremely low latency. She was beamed in like a holographic uh, uh, connection. And it was so emotional because she was literally with me. OK, never experienced that before. And whilst I was playing, I really struggled not to cry because it was it was so powerful that we were thousands of kilometers apart. And yet it felt like she she was with me next door. You know, you can watch it on YouTube on my YouTube channel. It's it's there. You can you can watch it. But anyway, so there, there, these are the the advantages of fighting. Five- Does it make sense or you want to throw in another question on
0: the pros of 5G? Yes, I mean, you mentioned about the the first 5G concert in in 2018 with your daughter as a holographic image, you know, but from 2018 till 2022, I think, you know, there's some crazy acceleration happened in in technology, in in holographic technology, in artificial intelligence, in augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality, IoT, and and, and, and sometimes the, 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 the speed at which these technologies are moving it, it's kind of uh, disrupting the status quo of things you know so far we had everything which was hierarchical top bottom with, with the way companies used to function uh innovation used to happen but i think everything is changing you know there are these st- Startups, the individual researchers who, who are doing some crazy things. You know, it's no longer just, you know, innovations happening in, in, in the big big companies. So I, I want to uh, unpack all of those and maybe what will happen to, you know, the, the devices. Will it be, uh, will the, what the devices that we carry, your mobile phones, will it eventually become wearable technology? I want to get into that. But mm, I, I think it, it, there are a lot of people who are scared about 5G, you know? So maybe yeah. if you could in very briefly uh, address that
1: yeah yeah so i mean uh, the there's clearly the um, you know that perception that 5g is a is a kind of a dangerous technology and when, interestingly, you know we had it uh, in the 3g times and also in the 4g times so it's not the first time that people say oh radiation is going to kill us and it's a very bad what we're doing um <clears throat> but this time in the 5g era of course we have really social media at uh, global scale so And uh, now imagine, you know, as engineers explaining why it is safe, which is always gonna be a fairly boring video, you know, because there's nothing exciting to talk about. And I'll come to this in a moment. And then there's a clickbait video, which tells essentially exactly how people are gonna die and how bad that is. You know what people will be clicking on, okay? And this is what these people really are are banking on, right? So there's a lot of this clickbait uh, viral stuff happening And it's, um, it has been actually really bad, I have to say, you know, to to the point that, you know, we've been discussing in the ecosystem to make sure that we have a proper outreach in the 6G era, because people have the right to be worried. Okay, I always say people have the right to be worried. But they also should then listen to what the engineers have to say. You know, I trust, for instance, doctors who do the research. You know, I'm not a doctor. I don't take an opinion on COVID as an example. You know, they are the doctors. They have had, you know, decades of a career going through. Why should I be a specialist in this, right? So I'm a specialist in 5G and the wireless ecosystem. So I, I would expect uh, people to respect, you know, the, uh, the, the engineering output. So let me tell you what we do. Before we use any of the frequencies, they're being tested very rigorously for decades. Okay, there is an institution which runs with a fairly um, boring acronym of. Uh, ERCNIP, which is, uh, stands for, you know, something related to ionizing radiation, what they're doing is they're taking a certain frequency band, let's say the new 5G frequency band, uh, you know, they take that, and then they would measure that, you know, in terms of exposure on the human skin, how much heating does it cause, uh, is there any danger for cancer, Um, and they're ramping up the power levels, okay, they're ramping up the power levels until it reaches, you know, these kind of dangerous levels. Then they divide these power levels by a factor of 1 million. And that is the maximum transmission power the operators are allowed to use, the maximum. OK, so it is very, very, very far from any of the dangerous radiation levels. You know, it has nothing to do with anything dangerous. So this is number one. We're doing very, very serious exercises there. The second thing you need to understand is, is you know, the power levels for which we are using or the the frequencies, you know, it's very important which frequencies you use because what can only be dangerous to humans are two frequencies. One is the ionizing band. So what comes from outer space? So it's very high frequencies. You know, there's no, there's no human communication system or, you know, it's beyond light. It's ionizing is a very, very bad radiation, but we got the ozone layer taking care of that. Um, so this one is clearly not a factor in any of the telco systems. And then you've got the, the bands which are around the resonance frequency of water. OK, remember, we are like 70 percent made out of water. So therefore, any frequency which resonates with water is the one we need to watch out for. Interestingly, you know, this is uh, where the microwave oven works because the microwave oven doesn't heat the, the substances, the meat or the vegetables. It heats the water in the substances, and then it actually expands. So therefore, the only frequency which could cause some harm is around the microwave frequency area, okay? And guess which system uses microwave frequency bands? It's Wi-Fi, okay? So if there is a system which could potentially cause harm to humans, it's Wi-Fi. And we had Wi-Fi in the 2.4 gigahertz region now for what, 20, 30 years? I don't think anybody in the medical sector has come back saying, you know, we had even a single person who developed whatever disease because of Wi-Fi. Do you see see my point? So there's no evidence to suggest that really the radiation is a problem, right? So, and the other thing people were claiming, you know, uh, 5G causes COVID. I mean, this is complete bunkers because, you know, you, you need to understand there's a difference between correlation and causality, right? So let's look at correlation. Correlation is if, you know, there is an area, let's say with me in Silicon Valley where there is 5G And people uh, die of COVID, right? And then you correlate this and say these two are related. Causality is if you say 5G is what causes the deaths, all right? And then we look at countries like, um, you know, uh, loads of countries in Africa, or even let's look at your native India, okay? So at the COVID time, there was no 5G. You didn't have 5G, all right? And uh, you had cause that, uh, people who were dying of COVID, so clearly, you know, there was no, cor- no causality there. All right. So you, you must understand, use your scientific brain always. And if you're in doubt, you know, uh, search for that. That's my recommendation. Don't go for the clickbaits, You know, any video which has assembled more than a million views, you can almost certain, be certain that this was made for viral effects. OK go to the pages of the people who do fact checks. you know people like me I've been calling in a lot for fact checks. I'm a lot on TV for that for exactly that topic. Um, you know we promise you we're, we're making everything possible to keep this safe and, and yet help you to connect to your family, to connect to your children, to connect your parents, uh, you know to, to really uh, live that power of an untethered you know 4G 5g 6G future you know so uh, you're safe.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you, Misha, for really explaining it so nicely and, and breaking it down that you guys have been testing it for decades and it, it is, uh, you know, safe at this point in time. And and yes, I think, you know, we live in a world of content overload. And I think there is so much content and these deep fakes. It, it's very difficult to kind of understand, you know, what to kind of believe it and what not. But, you know, coming from someone who's an engineer, I guess, you know, I mean, this. this should be uh you know great enough for people who really believe in science and innovation and facts rather than fiction which is created by some of the content creators who really want to go for clickbait coming back to connectivity you know obviously i mean the communication is i think is revolution revolutionized the world you know i mean and, and and i've seen this up close and personal because you know being in india maybe just around 10 10 10 15 years back we were just about a country doing okay but then geo came in out of nowhere and it completely transformed the way we learn things and know about things, you know, because Geo started giving us internet dirt cheap, and gave us uh, mobiles like really, really cheap. What that may, did was democratized uh, education, you know, accessibility of of, of content. So I. And I think, you know, 1.3 billion people would say that, you know, communication connectivity is that tool, which has made India uh, such a powerful nation in a very, very short point of time. And I, today, I think, you know, if, if you have internet connectivity uh, and a desire and intent, you could be sitting at any point, uh, you know, any place in, in, in the map of the world, but you've got internet and connectivity, you could create uh, your, your preferred future. Now 5G. We, we 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 are we we are still we, we still don't have it you know because the spectrums are not being uh, issued over here in India but I think in the next couple of may, may, maybe this year or next year the spectrums are going to be distributed. Uh, w- would you like to talk a little bit more about 5G once 5G happens? How our, our world is going to get transformed? How is, our interfaces is going to change? Uh, what happens to the mobile? Will it be? Will it go from carrying technology to wearing technology. And also talk about, uh, you know, we we have not yet like opened up, you know, or made 5G accessible to everyone. But there are companies such as yourself, Nokia, working on 6G. Maybe, you know, talk about 5G, 6G, the positives of the world and how the world is completely going to change with 5G and 6G.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really, really good point you're raising, you know, because we're always in this uh, continuous flux of, you know, uh, generations. And actually, let's move uh, zoom out. And I think, you know, your listeners would appreciate that just to understand how, how I personally also look at the, uh, how the generations evolved, you know. And you understand very quickly, whenever we have an odd generation like 1G, 3G, 5G, we are introducing a really revolutionary concept. OK, and then with the uh, even generation, uh, 2G, 4G and 6G, we consolidate that and we really make this a, a, a consumer proposition, which works for everybody. Like in 1G, we introduced untethered voice before everybody was talking at home with a wired telephone. And suddenly somebody had an idea, hey, let's make this untethered, you know, with, with, a, with a wireless uh, headphone. But of course, it was a proprietary system, uh, mainly for businesses, interestingly, OK. And uh, in 2G, we made this a proposition for planet Earth. You know, everybody on the planet could use that. Very powerful. In 3G, we had the idea of bringing the internet to the mobile, okay? It's a revolution. Before you were on your desktop computers, you know, even laptops at this point wasn't a big thing. You were like, you know, you, you were on your desk to get to the internet. And suddenly somebody said let's do this and it was actually blackberry and again you know a and um a business proposition which drove this very much you know the business people at blackberry were in the airports and really using that internet on the run and then in 4g you know steve jobs came along with the iphone and made this again a proposition for planet earth everybody could use it you know so in 5g we have given now these networks to start with the new revolution and this, um, let's call this the the, the the 3D web revolution. You know, for me sitting in Silicon Valley, I can tell you it feels really like 1998 when we just started with, uh, you know, the internet, you know, these very early days. And um, we are now in the very early days of, building this three-dimensional internet right so content will be perceived in 3d applications will be written uh, in a in an immersive way we will have devices you know in a very heterogeneous set of devices some will be ar uh, so glasses which see through and project something on there some will be virtual reality uh, you know you will have seen the oculus meta stuff where you have you work in an office you know and i tried their office up you can download it if you have an oculus you can try this it's really it's really good actually you know i didn't expect this i could imagine myself working for a few hours in there um so this is coming along we will still be using our mobile phones so interestingly you know you will still be able to take your mobile phone and maybe you know look around with a phone it will give you three-dimensional content a bit like think of pokemon go uh, but for something which isn't necessarily a fun game And then, you know, we have very advanced things like uh, contact lenses, okay? So Mojo Vision is a really interesting company in in Silicon Valley uh, working on that. So we are starting to get into this era where the devices uh, play along, 5G is playing along and the applications will come. So we have that triangle. Remember I told you about this important triangle. And um, we will have the, the, the first ecosystem emerging. This will be our first baby step as a human civilization into this very new era. And, um, you know, and then we always need about a generation, you know, a human generation, interestingly, to get these technologies actually adopted. And, um, you know, I was at King's College in London for many years, and we, have a whole, we had a whole department there dealing with human adoption of new technologies. And they found out no matter how, how quickly the supply side uh, iterates. So you were mentioning at the beginning, oh, there's so many startups, things are happening quicker and quicker. Very true. Okay, it's very true. There's so much innovation going on. There's a lot of capital to scale that innovation. So we accelerate, but actually, the uptake, the demand side, always still works in human generations. You know, we need our kids to grow into this new era. So, therefore, they're they're the ones who are slowing it down a little bit. And that's a good thing. Okay, Um, because I think evolution taught us that. When you get out of the cave, you need to be very careful. You need to do this slowly and learn what's out there, right? So we're essentially learning our first baby steps. And you know, with with five um, uh, G plus five G advanced, we call that, and six G, we will then democratize apologies, for the whole planet again. Okay, and this is really where this fully immersive spatial internet will take off. Where you know you can have your augmented reality glasses. You walk in the street, you get a lot of extra information. Gamify things, you have uh, volumetric and holographic communications with your friends and family. Um, A lot of AI will help you to to render the graphics very nicely. Unreal Engine 5 just came out recently with a completely new rendering technology. So, you know, loads of different fields suddenly coming together at this part of the 21st century. And I think it will be a real game changer uh, for the next decades to come.
0: Right, you know, there, there is so much exciting things happening, and, and what I see is, is that it's finally binding, you know, it, it's it's uh. Uh, it's it's all coming through, and I think it's it's just a matter of possibly maybe a couple of years when there's going to be like real world benefits, you know, and and maybe instead of like maybe t- taking like possibly you know years to kind of uh, you mature enough where it, it becomes accessible to everyone, possibly the the it's gonna you know be distributed uh, and to everyone very very quick because you know there's some crazy crazy things happening but yes uh, i mean like for example my my, my boy he, he's seven years old and he he's on his oculus uh, uh headset and and uh, uh, you know, back back when I was young, I, I, when you watch TV, you I had to get up, you know, because the, the, the buttons were on the TV, you had to change the yeah, channels yeah. on the TV. Yeah. And then we went on to remotes. But you know, my son talks to Alexa, I mean, you know, for whatever he wants, he, he's communicating with technology. So we, we're creating this human-machine engagement. And I hope that human-machine engagement is beneficial because there's so much cool things happening because with the AR, VR things, you know, everything is going to be uh, upended, we don't know how business is going to function, how education or healthcare is going to function. Because earlier we used to go to uh, uh, healthcare, we used to go to uh, uh, our education institute with virtual reality, metaverse. It will come to us. I mean, we, we we won't need to go to a school. The school will come to us. We we won't need to go to a healthcare. The healthcare will be able to come come to us. And to making uh, to make this you know for to people to understand it's very difficult. But yes, I I, I guess we 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 sitting in exciting space. And you are vested in IoT. Now, besides, besides us, you know, the software eating the, uh, the world, you know, softwareizing everything. Now we are digitizing even the physical uh, world. I mean, you know, we, we, we digitizing everything. So someone who's been invested in IoT, could, could you explain uh, this digitization of, of everything? And what would it mean for businesses as well as consumers?
1: Yeah, I, IoT is a super interesting field, you know, and in fact, it's not a single technology or single solution. It is a set of very heterogeneous solutions, heterogeneous technologies, and even very heterogeneous business models, right? So, um, you know, that's why when you when you see the projections of IoT, you know, from a market uh, cap point of view, it's always very large. You know, we're talking about trillions of dollars, you know, until the year 2030. Uh, but actually when you zoom in you know the the individual opportunities uh, are very kind of uh, specific to let's say a specific city when you want to do smart city with iot etc so we need to understand it but it's it's an exciting technology and um, 5g is a great enabler for the iot ecosystem and ericsson actually has taken a, a a a world leadership here in providing a platform a global platform which is able to connect your internet of things devices, right? So the name says it's an internet of things, not an internet for humans, right? So essentially, initially we started talking about sensors. So you would have sensors around you. Imagine the room I'm sitting in, it would measure the temperature, it would measure the humidity, it would measure the air quality. It would also measure the light and it would measure actually, you know, maybe even the color composition of this room, right? So I'm giving you loads of different things you could measure and um and then this would essentially connect these measurements these sensors very small sensors you know we're talking about very miniature things right now Um, Would connect using a 4G, 5G, (coughs) in the future, 6G radio and go to a platform, you know, our Ericsson product, for instance, called IOTA, the uh, Internet of Things Accelerator. And there you do the data processing. You would actually try to figure out, hey, you know, what can I do with this data? You run some big data analytics, machine learning, artificial intelligence. And this now uh, generates... Insights, right? So, certain insights, and here it becomes really interesting. So, an insight might be okay, so this room is now too hot. You know, when Misha is in here, uh, he likes it, you know, at uh, 20 degrees and not at 25. And actually, in America, the, the opposite problem uh, I feel there's too much air conditioning. So, let's go with the opposite. The room is too cold. Misha comes in, so let's switch off the air conditioning. Okay, so now suddenly you're not only sensing. You are actuating, you're instructing an actuator to close a valve, to, to switch a switch, okay? The same with the light. So maybe there's an autistic person who doesn't like uh, to have so much light. Then we would dim down the light. And again, you need an actuator to do that. So we can do loads of things. And you know, Ericsson laid out a really exciting vision. Our Ericsson research folks for the future, they call that cyber-physical continuum where we could even think of mechanical things to be re- reconfigured. As an example, I may not like this table here. I don't like how the chairs are right now here in this room. There might be small MIMS robotic uh, devices in there and they would reconfigure the, the chair, the table. They would move the, 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 the furniture, right? So suddenly we will have an environment in a few years to come where depending who is here, the context, what you want to do can reconfigure in real time. So we're getting this continuous loop of sensing processing and acting right so very complicated there are loads of implications from privacy from ethics point of view uh, from a, a you know even from a control stability point of view but we're looking at this right so we're making sure we're baking all these mechanisms early on into the technology so we don't have surprises later but that's a future we will see uh, Eddie you know and it's a quite a quite an exciting future and 5G, 5G advanced and 6G uh, will really enable that.
0: Right, so five G obviously is gonna you know drive all of this IoT, AR, yeah. VR, this metaverse and Web three. I think it, it's 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 at the hype uh, cycle at this point in time. You know, with Facebook rebranding as a, 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 a metaverse first company, w- w- would you like to explain what the metaverse is? And while you are at it, maybe you could also address the converging technology with metaverse, the Web three, because Web three is, is, is that uh, tech which. Uh, the technology of trust, blockchain, decentralized finance, uh, uh, digital, uh, decentralized autonomous organization, there, there, there are so much things which is crammed into it. Uh, and as someone who's an enterprise, some of the, the largest enterprise in the world, how, how are you guys uh, pre- uh, prepared to, to, you know, uh, the blockchain and, and the Web3O world?
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's you know it's a super hype topic at the moment. I sit here in Silicon Valley, and as you can imagine, you know everybody talks about the metaverse, you know, and we are um, we are we are also collaborating. You know, we're doing the quite a uh, the lab I'm in is called D15. We're doing a lot of really exciting use cases along the metaverse enabling, and you know they're on our website. You can look it up. So it's really an exciting era, and. Uh, you know, with the, the term metaverse was actually co- uh, coined by uh, Neil Stevenson, right? So in his uh, novel, uh, Snow Crash, I met him the other day in um, in Stanford. So a really interesting person. And, uh, you know, he, he essentially imagined this world, which actually we are building now. It's, you should read it, Eddie, you know, and then everybody is listening in. It's a, it is surprisingly accurate, you know, 30 years on. And then... Um, you know so the 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 technology now so what you know what does it really enable what will the metaverse be so you know we we look at it in in three three things so the metaverse m- most foremost is really a social construct okay and that's very important this is not about anybody putting on a vr headset and playing a game okay alone or against a computer etc this is really a social construct because Think of it, you know, if we really want this to succeed, we need this social stickiness, right? The same as WhatsApp became socially sticky, uh, all the other, you know, kind of social media became socially sticky. If we want uh, the metaverse to work, it has to be a social construct. So, and I see that, for instance, with my my younger daughter, um, she's playing Minecraft, you know, and Minecraft, in fact, is a metaverse. It's a three-dimensional thing. They're doing things together there with, with her friends. She comes home from school. They would spend time there. So she grows up already in this three-dimensional uh, ecosystem, immersive ecosystem, and they're chatting at the same time. So this is really a social construct. She's spending time there with her friends, right? And she doesn't need AR, VR goggles. She doesn't need web-free, web-free right? So the, the meta of uh, Minecraft doesn't build on, on a web-free construct. So therefore, you see that for this to succeed foremost, it has to be really a social construct. The second thing, the th- <clears throat> apologies. The second thing we really need to make sure to look at this triangle of devices, networks, and applications. Okay, really make sure that whoever uses that metaverse in the future has the right devices, whether they are sitting on a computer, whether they are using a laptop, a mobile phone, uh, VR devices, AR devices, or contact lenses. It doesn't really matter. It needs to be properly connected to the to the digital fabric. Okay, and of course, a computer should work on, on fiber, Wi-Fi and fiber, presumably. Um, as you go more on Tethered, uh, you know, AR and uh, uh, contact lenses, you would move into the space of uh, 5G connectivity. So, you know, you, we really need solid uh, um, applica- uh, networks there. But then the applications need to be there as well. It doesn't make sense to have, you know, great devices and great networks if you have something which nobody uses. So, therefore, these three things need to be done. And again, I'm not talking about Web 3 Zero okay so the whole web 3 zero construct comes actually as a third thing and and i call them accelerator technologies you know the metaverse can perfectly live without web 3 zero can perfectly live without ai it can perfectly live without with any other type of uh, accelerating technology you can think of but we think it's an important um accelerator because it will drive the creator economy and you need the creator economy to have good applications as one of the constituents to make that work, okay? And Web3.0, you know, the, the beauty of it, you know, people haven't spent too much time on this, but if you if you really zoom into a Web3.0 stack, as we call that, you have something very new emerging, very different to our t- traditional software stack. So you have a blockchain layer, okay, which is essentially it could be Ethereum or EOS or Solana, you, you name it, right? So the blockchain layer. Then you do have a value layer, okay? You have your tokens, okay? You do have your wallets. You do have your exchanges. You do have your NFT marketplaces, okay? They're built straight on that blockchain. They're not built on the applications. They're built on the blockchain. And only on top of that do we build the applications, okay? So if you look at the metaverse like Ifland which is built on a Web 3.0 construct. It is using the tokens, you know, uh, which are built on the blockchain. Why do I mention that specific order of events? Uh, I'm mentioning that because if an application is successful, let's say, you know, Sandbox or uh, Ifland are successful, people start using it, then automatically because it's built on the value layer, it will create value. You don't have to worry about this. The tokens will get value over time. You can bring them to an exchange and exchange them for other digital currencies or you can actually exchange them for what we call the fiat currencies, the real world currencies, right? Uh, Contrast that with, uh, let's say, Minecraft, okay? So we build the software and then we try to figure out how how do we actually monetize on that, okay? So the monetization in our normal world comes after not natively built in. So this is something really smart. And I think this will really drive a lot of the web free zero cuts construct. And again, we're in the early days, you know, there's a lot of hype, it will now collapse again, there's the Gardner curve, you know, uh, the, the hype cycle, it will coll- it's now in the decline phase a little bit, but it will slowly go up and really build to a, a solid a solidified proposition over the next years to come.
0: Atel has partnered with Ericsson recently. So, how does Ericsson view India as a market opportunity? And could you kind of give some examples on, you know, when we actually have five G deployed here in India, what would be the social and economical benefits, that, according to you, here in India? The rollout. Yeah, of that's 5G? a
1: great question. So, you know, we we Ericsson loves India. We we consider that as a really really important market and. Um, I, we think, you know, we want to empower you as a country to get connected, you know, democratize education, democratize also your amazing application developer community, right? So you have, uh, you have a great skill sets in AI and software and everything, right? Um, and that is really what we want you to empower for. So that's what we really want to do. Doing radios is, is very hard. You know, we have been doing this for decades and it's really, really hard. Uh, We are doing this for you, so you don't need to do that, okay? And therefore, the radio staff leave that to us, and Airtel has actually recognized that. They have chosen us as their supplier. We're currently 5G uh, world global leader. Um, So not surprisingly, our gear will end up in, in India. Once that is set up, you can concentrate where the real value is, the real value to India is the -the over-the-top economy. Education, you know, all the software development, healthcare, you name it. And that's really what we want to bring to India. And then once it's up and running, the economic impact will be gigantic. And in fact, you can work it out. You can calculate it yourself. There is a CTIA report, uh, which has been done in America, for America, the economic impact of uh, 5G. Now, America is not India. So to get the numbers for India you need to do two things. You need to normalize it by the GDP and you need to normalize it by the mid-band spectrum. So depending on how much uh, spectrum you have for 5G and and actually 4G as well, these two spectrum bands, uh, you compare that to how much is in the US, you normalize it, you then normalize it with the GDP and you get your 5G value. And it's gigantic, I can tell you. The economic acceleration due to 4G and 5G in the United States is staggering. They figured out, CTA figured out that, you know, delaying uh, the rollout by, of 5G by a, by a month is billions of dollars of lost econo- uh, economic impact. So therefore, you know, deployed as quickly as possible. It is great that Airtel is taking that leadership. Let's get it out. Let's empower you as a, as a nation to do what you guys do best.
0: Thank you, Misha. I really appreciate this, you taking time and being part of the podcast. And I really hope that it gets deployed over here soon because I think, you know, once we have 5G, how we communicate and do business is going to get completely, completely upended. My last question to you, you know, because Ericsson, your, your vision is limitless connectivity and unlimited possibilities paint a picture, I mean, what the world is going to look like, you know, when we have 5G, 6G.
1: Yeah, we, we want a social construct. You know, we don't want to build it for kind of a matrix situation or inception situation where people just uh, lay with their headphones somewhere in the living room and live in some virtual worlds. We really want this social construct. We want you to go out. We want you to, to, uh, to mingle, to uh, build that social Fabric with your peers, be with your family. Um, and if you can't be physically with them, then digitally, you know, have the ability to use augmented reality capabilities of the future. Get upskilled, get reskilled. We really believe in that reskilling, uh, the power of reskilling, that's going to be the future. We want to be the base, we want to be that platform uh, for you uh, and for human civilization. That's really what we are doing. And we are working 24 7 to make sure that the technology is. Uh, Working well, it is really secure. We we do work a lot on security to make sure it's the securest technology on, on earth. Uh, and it is really uh, you know, ethic, ethical, and privacy enabled.
0: Thank, thank you, Misha. Really appreciate you taking time being part of the podcast. I hope that your partnership with Airtel like really flourishes. And we the the five G rolls out over here soon in India because we need that. Because I think once we have the five G rolled out, you know each. Uh, the democratization of healthcare education uh, w- w- will happen and which is so needed uh, here in india so thank you once again for taking time being part of the podcast and to my listeners if you like what you see and here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye-bye thank you Bishal. really appreciate this
1: thank you Adia. it's a pleasure being with you on the podcast you take good care thank you goodbye